Chapter 6 You have discovered a secret which harrows up my very soul, a secret which I wished you to know but could not exert resolution to reveal. Hannah W. Foster, The Coquette, 1797 On the way home one sunny afternoon, a strange vibration fills the air. I pause, halfway from the bus stop, and look around. Dogs bark angrily and neighbors halt front yard conversations. I begin walking again, but now the sound is louder. It builds and builds as I near Tolman Street until no doubt exists. This cacophony emanates from Babette's house. It elevates in pitch until the crescendo resembles a boiler about to explode. I break into a run, burst through the front door, and seeing nothing, rush upstairs breathless. Babette rests upon the sofa, her face set in absolute rapture. Trumpets, French horns, and timpani drums blare from enormous speakers set against the wall. Red lights on the equalizer blink madly. She reclines, eyes closed, as though in a trance. Babette, is something wrong? I cry, grabbing her arm. She starts, frowns, and turns down the volume with a remote control. I suppose it is a bit loud, she says. Thank you for your concern. I'd hate if my neighbors called the police. They were more likely to call the Air Force, I exclaim. It sounded like we were under attack. Oh, what a sublime description. Uh, do you know this? I adore Anton Bruckner's Symphony No. 4, Romantische. His third movement is simply divine. Doesn't it make your blood catch fire? This was the final piece played by the Berlin Philharmonic in 1945. You appreciate my music, don't you? Despite that horrid noise of yours I sometimes hear from the basement? I do, actually. I've always enjoyed classical music. What are those CDs on the coffee table? They look curious. Some of my favorites. Reissues of wartime symphonies by Wilhelm Furtwängler. What a fantastic conductor. He was supreme, among the best. I always tuned in to hear German broadcasts back in those days. Of course, I couldn't understand the word, but the music was so magical. Here is one where the pianist Walter Giesecking performs Beethoven's Piano Concerto No. 5. Oh, an absolute master of his instrument. My professor cues up the CD, and we sit back, buffeted by sound, though now at a more reasonable level. Listen, she breaks in after several minutes. You can hear anti-aircraft gunfire in the background. Look at the month in 1944 this was recorded. Do you realize by autumn that year, every member of the orchestra must have known the end was near? The whole audience aware, their fate would be upon them in an instant. But can you hear the passion in their performance? To have known such death and horror already, amidst cities destroyed by bombs, yet still summon enough strength to play? Tears fill her eyes. I am puzzled. A Frenchwoman expressing sympathy for World War II-era Germany? Information about her past has escaped in bits and pieces, but when pressed on certain topics, she changes the subject or simply ignores my questions. It becomes clear I must earn her confidence. This may take time. As summer progresses, Babette and I discover more common interests. On evenings where she doesn't select a film for us to watch, we play Scrabble, which she enjoys as long as I do not win too often. We use a French edition of the game, and deciphering Lettre Comte du Ple or Mot Comte du Bleu doesn't take long. But the letter bag is vowel-heavy, making English words difficult. With her fantastic memory, my professor usually wins, despite my challenges once I discover her propensity for sneaking in antiquated or foreign words. 
She possesses great advantage doing so, because we use an immense 1878 Webster's Unabridged Dictionary for reference. It weighs more than nine pounds. On the few occasions where I manage two or more victories in a row, she sulks and refuses to play again for several days. It's because of my mind, you see, Babette explains one night. I have known so many elderly people who are completely brain-dead. My greatest fear is becoming like them. So whenever I see you have beaten me more than once, I think maybe it's not an accident. Perhaps my sanity is on the way out. She tears open a box of Menashevitz crackers and bites into one savagely. Crumbs drip from her lips. I gesture at our tally sheet, recording multiple games. You don't have much to worry about there. Her laugh is shallow. <laughs> you say that. But I have witnessed what happens over time. I am 73 years old. There is little I dread more than losing my intellect. Perhaps three quarters of people my age should be shot as no further use to society. I meet them and they talk about blood pressure or strokes or their idiot grandchildren. But I am nice, so of course I listen and nod and say, oh, how perfectly awful. And the whole time I want to tell them, I hope your arteries explode. But I stay quiet in keeping with what you know is my essentially patient nature. Babette's encyclopedic knowledge in multiple areas continually impresses me. One day the phone rings and I answer. The business-like caller identifies herself as a representative from the mayor's office and requests Dr. Ellsworth. Babette takes it and smiles with pleasure. Yes, of course I will be there. Oh, thank you. See you in the morning. She hangs up. Did she mean the mayor of Portland, Vera Katz? I ask. Why, certainly, Babette replies. I am one of the foremost experts on local geography. City officials often consult me about water issues and drainage problems. I strive for modesty, as you know, but it is truly a balm for the ego to be consulted by people who matter in society. I have always followed my desires ambitiously, but taken care they do not lead where my talents become unremarkable. People, especially my family in France, look at me and say, but you have a doctorate from the University of Bordeaux. Why do you teach at a community college in Oregon of all places? Well, much of the answer is, I adore life as a big fish in a small pond. An English expression, yes? But within my pond, I can very much enjoy myself. Now, Ross, you are how old? Twenty-two. I reply. Oh, she sniffs. <laughs> when I was your age, I had already earned my master's degree. Chagrined, I stare at the floor.